So what else is up? Um, it's been a long time since we spoke. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Just want to know what's going on in your life. Hmm. See if there's anything new. Have I been anywhere? Did you like all my texts last night about eternal sunshine and the spotless mind? I went a little yes. crazy. I'm sorry. How many? If you count all those photos I sent. Yeah. Did they come through individually? I don't know. When I opened it, it was just like a, like a stream of them. If you count those, it was probably thirty something texts with a bunch One, of photos. One, two, three, four, five. Seventeen, six, seven, I think. Oh yeah, that's a lot. It was neat to watch Travis watch it for the first time. I have a question. This is maybe is dumb. So they say the first time they met is when they're at the beach party and there's a bonfire and he follows her into that house and she's just go then. And then how do they see each other again after that? Because he's in the car and she's like, I saw you talking to someone pretty. Who was that? And he's like, just a girl. But then they had to have had a relationship after that. Well, he's okay. So I know that he finds her at the bookstore because he knows where she works and she gives him that speech. The way it's it's presented in the film is that she's like, I had you pegged. Right. And then he says you had the whole human race pegged. And so they're in essence in that scene replaying the time he came to the bookstore to find her. Okay. Okay. But you're right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Now I know. Good. Glad I could help. Thank you. I don't know how many times I've seen that film. At least 30-something. I don't get tired of it. It's a cool movie. It made me want to watch... I forgot that it, the guy is um, saving John... Or being... <laughs> saving John Malkovich. <laughs> With Tom Hanks. Yeah, saving <laughs> Private Malkovich. You have to blow up the bridge. <laughs> That's my John Malkovich. It's not very good. Charlie Kaufman wrote it. Adaptation, I love it's so weird. I haven't seen it. That's with um Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And he's a screenwriter and he's having trouble writing this screenplay. And then he's got a twin brother who's just this idiot who's not thoughtful and he takes a screenwriting class, something that the Nick Cage, who's the screenwriter, looks down on, but then he becomes successful. Um. And at some point though, it becomes layered like Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, at some point you're watching the movie, but the movie is actually the screenplay that he wrote within the movie, and he's having trouble finishing it, and then it just becomes ridiculous, and it becomes this thing where like an alligator eats a person. The movie just takes this ridiculous turn with all this weird, cheesy stuff happening, and you're like, what the hell? But then you realize that what you're watching is... The screenplay? Yeah, it's meta. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's the screenplay that he had been writing, and when he couldn't finish and he recruited his brother for help, his brother gave his stupid stupid input. I like that. I I should watch it. I think I have the the CD, the DVD of it. Nick Cage, what an actor. He just takes on so many shitty roles. (sighs) Well, he's an insane person. That's fine. I don't care what he is in his personal life, as long as he's not really nasty. But if he's somewhat crazy... He did buy a bunch of castles. Do you love Moonstruck? Yes. God, I love Moonstruck. His, He's so... His hand. Aw- <laughs> <laughs> that was also before Nick Cage got his teeth fixed. I know. That's Moonstruck. what I mean. Like He's so weird looking in Moonstruck, but it's very endearing. One topic where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Tis your week, sir, my lord. Gregory. Gre- sir Gregory, tis your week. To choose the topic. To choose thine topic, please come forth thine topic. Well, Autumn, I was talking to one of my friends who has an, an ex who has decided to start practicing polyamory. And that's the topic for the week. All right, so... It's your friend's ex something, and they are ex because they wanted to start this polyamory? No, no. They've been broken up for quite a while. Okay. They have a child together, though, and then at some point he's just decided years after all of this that uh, he's polyamorous. All right. That sounds like a lord of horseshit. Well, but that <laughs> so you're already setting the standard here. Now, I, I in would this like situation, it seems like a load of horse shit. I'm not saying that in every situation it is, but I am going to warn everybody that that is the first place that I like to go to when it comes to polyamory, polygamy, 
swinging. Well, polygamy, let's set set the difference here. We're not going to talk about polygamy, which is multiple spouses, usually a man with multiple spouses, many wives, and the wives are treated like shit, and it's a sense of ownership. Not and, always green. Well, that's a, that, that should be outlawed. Uh, polygamy, and it's, if, if, could it exist in some form where women can have multiple husbands too? I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but, you know, the way it's been outlawed, it is because it's a dude. Yeah. I've got a lot of wives and they're all mine. I own them, which marriage in its own right, really. It's kind of an archaic system of ownership where women were traded for goods or titles or land or money. You want to be a duke? Give me your daughter. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Give me your duchess. So, you know, it's evolved a bit, but I'm not opposed to marriage. Yeah, because it, even though it may have meant something in the past or means something like that in other countries, that doesn't mean that that's what's happening now when people are getting married. Well, it's still set up in a way where you get there's incentives to legally make it binding. It's like, why can't you just say this is my person and we're living together forever? That's a different mm-hmm. topic. Okay. So, yeah, that's know. marriage. And we don't need to get into that too Stay much. Stay tuned for that topic. But this is polyamory, which is relationships, intimate relationships with multiple people. Immediately, I think people think of sex, that you have multiple sexual partners. That surely is part of it, but is much wider than that. What about swinging? Are we including swinging in polyamory? Uh, sure. Okay. That's multiple. Because that's not technically, I mean, that's not like a relationship. I mean, if you've got anything to say on it, I can. we can lump that in. All right, we'll, sweet. we'll see how we go. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it seems to be something that's very in at this point. Or it's maybe it's always been around. It's being brought to the spotlight a bit more. I've seen a lot of articles written about it. Being a guy who uh, is on dating sites and apps, you see quite often that people are presenting themselves as consensual, ethical, responsible non-monogamous people which in its Mm -hmm. own right it's like shut up just say that you're non-monogamous i get that people go on and act like assholes and uh, they're cheating put ethical what is it what's the non-ethical version the non-ethical is like lying to someone else i guess about what you're doing yeah so at that point i don't even think you could claim to be polyamorous no because well, they're not saying they're polyamorous. They're saying they're non-monogamous. Okay, well, whatever it is. Ugh, they, there's all this language that needs to be included because you they don't want to be... People who feel like they're doing things in a proper way don't want to be lumped in with the people who are cheaters or... And I understand that. Dicks. I think that's a reference though, to the stigma that non-monogamy is something that's to be frowned upon, so they have to put ethical... And, I, Okay. To me, I don't care. If you're this thing, just say you're this thing. I don't need all the prefacing that mm-hmm. goes along with it. But you see this quite often, more so than you used to. So it seems to be something that people think they're, they've got you know, the skills to pull off. They've got the temperament and the personality Yeah. to get through and get to. So when I was looking up some things about polyamory... Um, I came across this article from this woman, I guess, who's like the polygamists next door. I don't know. So she said, when she's asking the question, who are you? Do you long for the serenity of time alone? Feel stretched to your limit already with everything you have going on in your life? Practice a religion that requires monogamy? Are happy with one partner? Dislike processing or find discussion of feelings tedious are satisfied with your sex life or most importantly prefer monogamy for some reason then polyamory probably isn't a good choice for you and then she goes on to describe the people who might be interested in polyamory which is do you relish social interaction want to examine your feelings and discuss them in detail with others like trying new things enjoy sharing like what a bullshit way to compare the two i can like all of those things that you're including as polyamorous And I don't necessarily want to be polyamorous. I want to discuss my feelings with someone in detail. I want, I I enjoy sharing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I didn't like that she was saying, if you are an adventurous person, 
then you should try polyamory and probably be good for you. But if you're boring and just straight and just want to be boring as fuck, then go ahead and be with one person forever. Well, this is the way it's presented quite often. I think yeah. there's an overcompensation. Oh, we're adventurous. There's a we want to experience life. There's an overcompensation that's happening because it is still viewed in a negative light. I, I came across something like this also, uh, talking about people who are set up for polyamory. Uh, loyalty, communication, and negotiation are important. Trust, honesty, dignity, and respect non-possessiveness so yeah how about all those things are very important to a monogamous relationship also this doesn't set someone up and again going into i'm not opposed to polyamory i I don't care if people want to try it i question if it is something that is achievable in the long term and i'm sure for a lot of people or maybe for some people it is for a lot of people it's something they think that they're geared towards and it doesn't work out or they just like the idea of not being settled down with one person for whatever reason. I don't need to get into the psychology of it. But yes, as you were saying, the way it's presented. Yeah. Yeah. Communication and negotiation. And that's very important. Here's the thing. And I think this is one of the problems is in monogamous relationships because it's the norm in society and the way things are set up. No one does teach you that. No one sets it up in a way that this is the way to get this done well and just knowing that in itself isn't enough you have to learn to negotiate a relationship with all those traits and if you're entering a polyamorous relationship trying to do it right yes there's more of a focus on those things so therefore those traits probably are at the forefront a bit more than a lot of monogamous relationships because that's just something people say well that's what I'm supposed to do so I'll do it now Mm -hmm. and I think that is why they grasp onto these things. Maybe there's a higher percentage of people who are partaking polyamorous relationships who are aware that they're functioning in this capacity where they are more trustworthy and honest and respectful. I think that polyamory must sort of breed that in you. It forces you to communicate with each other because if you're not commu- if you're not telling each other that if you if you're not ugh. when you're splitting up your time and your love like that i would think that there would be a lot more maintenance that needs to go on across all people involved so it kind of forces you to communicate because otherwise the only and what you're saying about you know you're not taught how to navigate relationships i think it's you're not taught but you're not taught language either you know you just it just starts happening you know you acquire it and I feel it's the same way when you talk about relate like uh, relationships. You you see how your parents interact and how they deal with each other, how they deal not just with each other as humans, but with you, you know. And 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 you learn how to not communicate like I'm saying about language, but just like how to communicate, how to um, talk about your feelings. If your parents are doing something and then they snap and then they they sort of show to you that they're human and apologize for it then you sort of grow up and you learn that like I can be human and I can snap but I can also apologize you know so I think that a lot of that stuff is acquired as you grow up and so not only do you need to have a really strong toolbox filled with those tools of communication and probably like empathy and understanding how your actions might affect someone else you also have to be in a group with people who are also really good at that. You know, I feel like it has to be the perfect storm of, you know, three or more people for it to work out long term. And that can be strange if it's three or more people in the sense that there could be a person in the middle who is dating one person to their right, one person to their left. But those two people on the edges aren't actually dating each other. And I think typically they aren't they don't really get to date each other but they're involved with each other sexually with the group of people in the bed when i would like to state again that it's not always sexual that is a big proponent of this and i think the appeal for a lot of people when they're just doing it maybe on a whim was i can just go have sex with a bunch of people and it will be okay Mm -hmm. whatever guilt they may be feeling for cheating in a monogamous relationship which maybe they shouldn't even be in a relationship if they're cheating in the first place, um, that relationship. 
they probably couldn't handle a real polyamorous relationship because right. I think it requires more work. But I think the draw is I can just have sex with people now. You should just say single and have sex with people. But if you are looking to get more, and again, this is the kind of person who doesn't think about it too deeply and just jumps into it. But, you know, there are many different forms that these relationships can take. It isn't always about sex. You could be in a relationship and there's the main sex partner and then you're, you have other people who are serving different needs that you have, emotional needs or even just interests in certain things. Anime, for example. <laughs> like that's, but it becomes this intimate <laughs> emotional connection. This is something. There's bonding that can be done all over the place. So my partner doesn't understand my love of anime, but this other person does? Well, it's not just understanding. They really get into it, and then we get something out of it emotionally together. Right. With our anime love. Mm. So the the... Yeah, because these these typically don't start out as three people meeting each other and being polyamorous, right? It's usually two people who meet each other, and then one of those two meets a third. I don't and then know. brings them into the fold. Your environment also matters quite a bit. Because if you're in big cities, there are specific meetups for this kind of thing. So I don't th think it's always necessarily two people already involved looking for a third person because this thing again the rules you can make them whatever you want to be the rules don't necessarily exist again there's three people maybe only one of those people is dating both the other people but the two people as i said aren't actually dating one another they're just dating that one person in the middle because at some point you move the relationship forward and people move in yeah I and mean, then i would think that and the, oh so you're so you're saying there are some people who have a boundary between the the satellite lovers, right? No, I'm just saying that there's people who enter relationships with one person. So again, just say there's three people. Yeah. Well, and it has to be three people to be poly. Yes, but it could be more than that also. Okay. Three can... Okay. But for the sake of this, and I'm putting the person, one person in the middle because they're the easiest. Yeah, to, they're uh, the moon. They're the earth. They're there. They're yeah. dating someone who's to their left. Uh-huh. And they're dating the person who's to their right. Right. And the person to the right is dating the person in the middle. The person to the left is dating the person in the middle. But the person on the left and the right aren't, they have nothing to do with one another. Okay. They have no relationship. I highly doubt that there is a man who is dating two women and they're all into it, poly, whatever, that the two women don't end up together also. Like that the man doesn't include them both in the bedroom together. He may push for it, but if that's a boundary that you've set up that one of the other ones sets up in their yeah. relationship, because then it could go farther than that, further than that. The person on the left could also have someone else who's not even in this picture at this point. It depends. Mm -hmm. Again, you mm -hmm. you make up the rules. And, to me, and, that's, and, yeah. Well, ahead. I was going to say for the sake of talking about this, if you just want to focus on sex first, because I feel like you had things to say on that instead of just jumping around and trying to navigate this thing, which is pretty ambiguous. Yeah. So you can start with just sexual polyamory which by the way um it's humans and monogamy we're only semi-monogamous meaning we do have sex with straight up monogamy is you have one sexual partner your whole life and yeah. that is it there's nothing else and then there's social monogamy which is a person who is in a relationship goes out has sex with someone else but always returns to that relationship that's still technically monogamy it's a social monogamy oh no yes it is <laughs> weird this is the way it's defined okay and, and something like i like so, that so out of mammals <laughs> again I, last week we talked about uh, mammals with breasts <laughs> so i'm back yeah. on these facts but uh you know out of about five thousand species of mammals mammals only three to five percent practice monogamy in some form wolves okay. wolves apparently do and beavers Sweet. And, uh, Sweet beans. And people know penguins, but that's not a mammal, so that's why I didn't lump Not bonobos, in. those sexy bonobos. No, so it's, a, it's, so it's a rare thing, and people are trying to figure out where it came from. Like anything else, it's just a debate. Is it a social construct, or is it uh, part of evolution? Because humans are um, somewhat unique in the fact that fathers do stick around to help raise the children, mm -hmm. more so than other mammals. Uh, so no one, you know... I. I think it's, there's definitely a pull for it, for monogamy. It's there, like, because yeah. 
in theory it creates stability yes there's stability that we have created as something important for the lives of our children of our offspring and stability because because even though we are animals but we also are very thinking animals and so that thinking part of our brain has gotten so big that it needs a lot of stability right so we need the uh father to stick around to help with the stability i think exactly and outside of childbearing and rearing mm-hmm. and raising uh as someone who doesn't have kids i still I'm attracted to the idea of a lasting monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's coming from somewhere and there is no kid. Maybe you can say that's still part of the instinct because, well, you know, really we're only here to have kids to reproduce. So maybe that's why it's built in. But, you know, there's the romantic part of me that really likes the idea the amount of work that goes in to have this really trusting, lasting relationship where two people just know. It's like, yeah, we love each other. Now go do your thing. I don't care. You're not going to hurt me. And that's nice, and I think that's a hard thing to achieve, and it's something I would, you know, like to get at some point. And on on the surface, though, I understand polyamory. Like, I if if anything, a person who just said they strive for this monogamous relationship, who's had such trouble getting, it's mostly my own doing, but there's an inability to become comfortable, and the pressure that I feel in these relationships, this should be. You know, I, I'd like to think that I'm open-minded, flexible in my thinking, understand that relationships exist in many different forms, and I don't mm-hmm. like the fact that monogamous relationships quite often put strict uh, rules onto things, and this is the way it's supposed to be, and you should never talk to this other person or share these things. Or I don't like any right, of that. Right, I'm the only person that you can share certain things with. Yeah, I can't stand that, and I think those are some of the problems with monogamy that may drive people away from it. Sure. Um, so in theory, this openness and this need to discuss and to talk mm-hmm. about what you're comfortable with, the boundaries that you set with other people, and then you know expecting them to stick with what you talked about and if they didn't, it's much more fluid. It requires more work. It's something I think I could operate very well in, but I, yeah, I have zero desire for it. <laughs> it's like I just know, and I, there's just something, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but just for me, even understanding it, like I just explained and thinking, I could be pretty good at that. I just know. I just not something I want. I don't. Why? Why is it turning you off? Why, what's turning you away from it? Because I really do like the idea and the challenge. And outside of it being a challenge, like the. the I don't. I can't think of the word that I'm looking for at this point. But uh, it's structure. Not, yeah, that's not even that. It's not even quite a romantic notion. I find romance in building something with a person and the difficulty that surrounds that. And that's really just something. If I can get to the place where I have the kind of relationship that I would like to have with one Mm -hmm. person, I think that serves all the needs that I've ever wanted out of a relationship. I think that is where I would find what I'm looking for, if that makes sense. Okay. It's still somewhat vague, that description, but it's, uh, it's more of a feeling that I'm having difficulty articulating. But then again, I haven't tried it. Maybe I should just go around and have... See, earlier when you said, you know, we can talk about the sexual part of polyamory, I feel like that's, that's so intertwined with the concept because what we're, you know what we're talking about are relationships and what happens in relationships. You express your love intimately. So you have sex with the person. So the sex has to be there. The sex is part of it. I feel like it can't be discussed separately. And I'm wondering if that's the thing that pushes you away from the polyamorous part is the fact that there would be, I don't know, sex going on. I feel like you would be interested in the emotional connection through different people and understanding what someone needs and all of that. But then when it came to like the sex part, I feel like that's what throws a wrench in the whole thing. Possibly. I, you know, I'm not opposed to sex, but yeah, maybe no, I, sex I didn't so. mean it. Like you don't want to know about the sex, just more like that's, that's the, that's where things explode to me. 
This is where it would fall that's, apart. That's where things, yeah, that's where things fall apart. I'm saying explode. Maybe that was the. <laughs> yeah, there's explosion surely going on. Yeah, baby. Between the sheets, or if it's hot oh. on top of the sheets. On the back. <laughs> the hole in the sheet, because our bodies can't touch. That's my rule. That's my polyamorous rule. You have to have sex traditional Jewish style. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how true that is. That may just be. <laughs> You know, that's a for anyone who doesn't know, that's a rumor in the Hasidic community or highly orthodox Jewish people's bodies can't touch. So they just yeah. put a sheet between them. I don't I don't know if that's real, Autumn. I thought that was just on their wedding night. I thought it wasn't I, I didn't think it was their whole lives. I, I thought it was just specific. I'm, I'm not jumping into that one. I don't I don't know about that culture enough. Well, it doesn't matter. It. That's my boundary. I can say this. Hammer. I can say this. Uh, because Saturday is the Sabbath, the holy day for the Hasidic Jews. They're not supposed to use electricity, but there's a loophole in that rule in that if the electricity is already turned on, it can stay on. Or if someone else turns it on for you. Mm -hmm. And I was walking through Williamsburg and through the Hasidic neighborhood and a guy said, hey, can you come over here? I said, "Okay." And he said, can you turn on my air conditioner? (laughs) It was hot. So I went into his house. And it's Saturday, and he's not supposed to be. Well, he didn't turn it on. I turned it on, but I did uh-huh. go into his bedroom, and the two beds were separate. Oh, they were? Yeah, and there were two single beds. Wow. Twin, 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 twin the small one? Yeah. Yeah. So there were two of those pushed. Did you see a sheet? Pushed to the opposite side. Did sides you see of the, wall. the hole in the sheet? Yes, they were hung out on the, uh, <laughs> the clothesline yeah. drying. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so it would all fall apart for you. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, well, no, maybe I'm, maybe that's not true. I think it would, I feel like a semi-confident person, but when things are sort of put in my face, uh, some of the insecurities that I might have, or if, if Travis brings in another woman I mean I think I'm the shit but he brings in this person and then I see why he likes her because I'm not an idiot like I can see why he might be into her so you're talking about he has another relationship yeah because it's not just a threesome no I don't mean threesome so he's got another relationship going on and now he wants to bring the two together yeah, even if he doesn't bring the two together, let's say we have a polyamorous thing where it's like, I'm not involved. He has another, he's got a girlfriend, whatever. In the in the way that you were saying before, I can kind of understand stuff like that. But then I start to see why he's into her. And then I think, oh, I'm not like that. And I'm not enough. And I want to be more like that, but I'm not. And you know what I mean? And then I start to feel, I start to, the the things that I don't like about myself are brought to light, you know, in a, in a physical form in the other person. And then also not just that, but also time away, you know, like he spends time with the other person and, and I think, oh, it's because I'm this or I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what it would start to spiral into. That makes sense. You don't think there's any way you could reconcile those feelings if you had a relationship where you spoke about it openly at that point. Like if you're yeah. feeling lesser physically, I mean, that's. Well, there's that. It would be all kinds of things. Oh, she's more composed in these situations or, you know what I mean? Or little things that I know bug him. Like I can't order something on a menu fast enough and she orders them really, you know, like she knows exactly what she wants when she goes into the, you know what I mean? It'd be things like that. I'd be like, oh, man, those are the things he doesn't like about me. And he found what he does like in her. So there's a lot of comparison going on. Yeah, it would be a lot of compare. And I don't and I don't compare myself to other people like that. Or if I do, I think, well, that's fine. That's just them. And that's me. But when it's someone who. Is splitting their love between me and this other person, then I start to compare myself to that person. Well, that may be one thing that you need to have is a level of self-confidence. I'm not even saying you're not confident. Yeah, yeah. But there needs to be an ability to dismiss these insecurities when they arise. 
because you need to be able to balance it somehow. It's like, well, what am I offering that the other person isn't offering because mm-hmm. there's surely things that that person can't match up to you with. So what what I understand about these relationships that usually go on is that the main relationship or having a relationship with one person is too intense. It's too intimate. And so somehow we got to break up that intimacy so that I feel more comfortable. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to bring someone else in, or I'm going to establish something where I get to go to all these different places so that I don't ever have to be confronted with like intense intimacy that comes with monogamy. You're probably right for a lot of the people who enter these relationships, but that is also saying at the same time that polyamory is not a natural state of being for some people. So they're entering it for some psychological reason. They're trying to avoid something. They're trying Mm -hmm. to skirt a problem with themselves they don't want to face. And I don't know if that's necessarily true for everyone. I do think... Yeah, I agree. It's nothing that we say is about everyone, but I feel like. But I don't even know if assigning that to a lot of the people who decide to do this, you know, maybe it's not fulfilling enough, a monogamous relationship. But why? For some people, it could be very intense. That's a valid question. Why? I think a lot of it is the structure of monogamy and what it's supposed to provide and the pressures that come along with it. And if, again, if you're doing it in this ideal relationship that I have in a monogamous relationship, everything that you can need is there. It's being you're fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of monogamous relationships are empty. I think people aren't getting things out of them. Um, and maybe for a lot of people, it's hard to find a person to actually get everything you need. When I say you get everything you need out of it, by the way, I don't mm-hmm. mean like a relationship is going to fulfill every aspect of my life. I'm just talking about romantically. Whatever my notion of romantic needs are, mm-hmm. I think it could all be fulfilled uh, with one person. Um, I do not buy into the fact that a monogamous relationship should be your end-all be-all. And right. <laughs> like everything you need. It puts a lot of pressure on yeah, that I, I, I don't think that at all. But so if monogamous relationships are pretty difficult and you can only get part of what you need or you want to alleviate some of that pressure, it's like, all right, well, Mm -hmm. we're good at this and I love you and I want to be in this relationship with you. But these things are never going to be met. So let's just have a relationship that focuses on this part of it and I'm going to go get the other part somewhere else. All right. All of that is, I mean, you can sort of, you can wrap your head around that. I feel like when there are kids involved, then it's... Well, that's, feel- that's yes, totally different. Okay. So we're talking about single people at this point. Even, okay. I mean, this is a big problem in polyamorous relationships where people are already in those and then kids come into play. Yeah, or accidents happen. Yeah. Yeah. When there is a unexpected pregnancy, mm-hmm. that that seems to be a big downfall for a lot of these relationships. Yeah, which I think points to it not being <laughs> probably the way to go. If you want to have kids. And, yeah. I, and again. But if it accidentally happens, then you're still, it still is trouble and causes a lot of trouble. Whereas if you were in a monogamous relationship and things were going fine, just like in the polyamorous relationship that things were going fine, but a pregnancy happens in the polyamorous thing, then some, then, then there's some destruction of, or, you know, some, some problem that happens between who knows out of the many poly people. But if it's with two people that are in the monogamous, monogamous relationship and there's the unexpected pregnancy, then maybe it's not as, not as, um, destructive. It can be very destructive still, I guess. But yes, point It taken. can, but there's less. Yeah, I guess some poly person would be like, well, there's more people to support you. An unexpected pregnancy <laughs> can cause problems for any relationship, especially if one person doesn't really want to be a parent and right. it's still going forward with it. I think definitely 
when you have a relationship with multiple people, you're investing more of your time and mm-hmm. energy into keeping those relationships up and running. And when there's a kid, it's hard enough to invest time into one relationship. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't know how people end up doing it. I mean, it would be interesting to look at cases where it did work. Do people end up just all coming together and living together on a compound? <laughs> With a California king. (laughs) I'm thinking about the space that they need. Yeah. I don't know the way it works. But you're focusing quite a bit on the child aspect of it. Well, yeah. I think about... First, I think, like I said in the beginning, it's all kind of horseshit. I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. If you're doing it, I don't care. It's fine. It's not like I'm going to try and like ask for legislation against polyamory. I don't care what you're doing. But I don't think that it's living in a realistic, honest way. I know that all of this stuff adds up to like, I'm extra honest because I talk to my people all the time and we're all communicating. It's like, all right. Why are you with someone who isn't giving you things that you need? What if they're giving you some of the things you need and you really love them? Then do you, why do you need a relationship relationship with the other person? Why can't you just be friends with that person? Well, I think the reason it's being defined as a relationship relationship is because of the, again, structure that is put on monogamous relationships. And if you're reaching outside of your marriage for any kind of emotional fulfillment and it's probably looked upon by some people as unsavory mm-hmm. so this thing is wide open I don't know if it's just people escaping something that they can't deal with within I don't know if it's always that I think that they can't I think that they can't find a comfortable place with the one person. And I think that's a problem. Either with the relationship or with one of the people in it. In a monogamous relationship. Yes. That's why they're seeking polyamory. I feel like... I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't always think that is the reason for it. Yeah. It may be a high percentage for it. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm not saying it never, ever works. I'm saying most. I mean, what's, I, there's, there's, no, there's nothing online about the actual success rates because people have all, like we said in the beginning, all those different rules and ideas and words that sort of separate out different categories of polyamory. So I think it's hard to find, but... I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it as a concept. No, I don't like it as a practice. I like it as a concept. For yourself though, you don't like it as a practice. Right. But also when other people are in it. You think they're full of shit. Uh, it's not that they're full of shit. It's like that they are fooling themselves into thinking that this is, this makes sense. And there's no repercussions of doing this. And I'm just, we all just let, like, all that stuff about, like, we I just love one, more, I just love more people than. Well, now it's becoming hippie not. stuff the way you're explaining it. Well, it's the I, way I'm saying it. I'm saying it in a shitty way. I think that relationships can be defined in many different ways, and there are mm-hmm. different people who feel different, fill different roles in your life, and this can be part of that, surely. But why does it include sex? So you're hung up on sex. What is, what, why does the person feel the need to have sex with multiple people? Yeah. You don't think that it's built in somewhere as humans, as animals, that really having sex with multiple people is more the natural state than having sex with one person? I mean, maybe as far as the, the built in part, possibly. Because it's such an emotional thing for humans, though. Yeah, it's you different. Know, it, when we're talking about polyamory. The guy can do it. In humans. 
the guy has the ability to do more of that than the than a woman. Yeah, because usually there's less to lose in a guy's mind. Yeah. There's no risk. <laughs> yeah, and I, and that's not that that's shit. I don't buy into that. Like I believe I buy into what you're saying. I'm on If we're talking the same about page. just humans as animals, then it's true. You have less to lose than me. But yeah, so it, it makes sense that it is more built in for men to be able to do that. But for me, thinking about my state of mind, I, I understand you getting certain things from different people, but I don't understand why it has to be a relationship. Well, this is, you know, depends on your definition of all of this, I think. When you're talking about polyamory in the animal world, mm-hmm. it is animals who have sex with different partners throughout their lives. But they're animals. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of emotion animals feel. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. pretend to believe that there is some or that there's not. I don't know. I have no clue. Okay. But as humans, we're, yes, much more complex. And emotion is tied to sex. And for me, that has been hard to separate. That's another thing. So, you know, when I'm talking about why polyamory wouldn't work for me, I have no interest in having sex with people that I'm not connected to emotionally. It's not just about getting off. Right. But I do believe for some people, it can be that. If you want to say that that's not natural and the reason they're able to separate themselves from the emotion felt with sex and just have sex and not feel anything for the person. Uh, I can't argue that because I, but I also don't know the natural state of everyone. I just know how I feel. So getting into this, what you're saying is if you have an inability to separate the emotion from sex, it's going to become messy very quickly. Right. And if you do have the ability to separate it and just go have sex with a bunch of people, then that person's running from something. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. But I don't understand why someone can't just be a friend. If you like, why does the sex, why does it have to lead to sex? Sex, sex. There's something built in though with sex. I look, I'm with you on that. I think it's one of the, one of the ways to escape being just another stupid animal is the ability to separate sex from, because because yeah. connection also there's if you have deep connections with people and if it's someone with the sex that you're attracted to there's mm-hmm. just a natural pull somewhere in there to want to have sex with that person yeah or be physically intimate in some way that's part of it separating that to me is and I think we're talking about a different thing now but like that's something that I think can be done. And when people say it can't be done, that really annoys me when they say, when they when there's emotion involved and they said, I couldn't help but have sex. Well, um, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. But I do believe that people can say I can have sex without emotion. I think that that's true. I'm not arguing against that. So if there are people who exist like that and aren't getting their emotional needs filled whether or not it's natural or there's something psychologically different about them they exist and if they had if their needs are filled in other ways outside of sex then sure Mm. why can't they just go around and have sex with different people because so my first thought is well the person you're with should be able to meet you either at your needs or some compromise of your needs if you're not getting something from that other from that person why are you still with them and then, but then I guess that puts a lot of pressure on that person to be the perfect, I don't know, perfect thing for you. But it doesn't have to be. You're coming you, around. You, <laughs> you could ask, you could tell that per- as long as, okay, you need to be with the kind of person in a monogamous, monogamous relationship where you can tell them, first of all, oh my God, first of all, you need to be someone who understands what you need. <laughs> you need to be. You need to be connected with yourself and what you need. You can't then, ex- and a lot of a lot of women do this, where it's like, and that's why men are saying, oh, "I'm not a mind reader." Like you should just know that I I need this for me. It's like no, they shouldn't just know that. 
They shouldn't. You need to communicate with that person and tell them what you need. Yeah, and well, then at the same if time, they refuse to do it, then that doesn't mean like you stay with them and then just say, well, let's be polyamorous so I can get that from someone else. No, because that's not what that relationship was founded on. So that's just blowing up the structure of that relationship. And it probably so it has to be founded on it. I think you need, I think you need to enter it for it to work. People in those situations you just described may try it. Like, well, let's just try this. I don't think that has a success rate. I think that that's the kind of relationship I'm thinking of is that there's a two people, there's a binary system and then they bring in a third because I think that that's typically the way it goes. Yeah. I don't find that working in my mind when I run through this scenario. Me either. For many people, unless they just both realize, oh, we were this all along, which what are the chances of that? So we had friends who were in a three-way relationship where it was the uh, man and two women. It started out with the two of them, and then I don't know how they met the third, but the third came around. They all lived together. They got, they got tattoos, like matching tattoos of like, I don't know some Adam or something with, you know, well, they're already idiots now. Well, you know, as far as anyone gets matching tattoos, even if it's one other person. Yeah. I think it's uh, one of the stupidest things you could ever do. So they were together for a long time. It's symbolic of our love for one. And another. then they broke up with the third that came in. And then the two broke up and it turns out, I think that there was a lot of, I don't know, abuse, like, Emotional, physical. I think emotional abuse by the the dude. Yeah, I think quite often this scenario you're describing. Both of the people who I let I loved the two women involved, but one was like real intense looking, like shaved half of her head and lot like piercings and you know just that's all fine. I'm not judging that, but it gave she gave off some pathology to me. <laughs> When I met her and then she the reeked other, of pathology. She did. A stench preceded her. That's a great thing to have in a book to describe someone. <laughs> she reeked of pathology. She did. She really, really did. Um, and then the other one, you know, had a horrible, like she, like her mom is horrible. Not a great relate, like not a great childhood. And so it, these, the, the, th- I don't know about the dude, but also, okay, that there's that. It didn't work out. It kind of made sense at the end what happened and it all blew up. The other thing though was while the three of them were together, we were hanging out with just a fourth person, a fourth woman who was around and we were at this like club thing and like a bar. And uh, we're standing behind the two of them, the dude and this fourth person that we know. And he's like rubbing her butt. He's like touching all up on her butt. Which was suspicious. Like, what are you doing? You're just so, so you're in this multiple people relations, poly relationship, and you're just like allowed to just sort of like fondle anybody you want. Is that okay? And then um, Travis said before he was dating this, before he was with me, he was dating this person. And that person was around the try the poly people. And Travis went to the bathroom when he came out, the dude had his arms around his girlfriend's like shoulders and she looked at him like, hmm, you know, and then Travis was like, Oh, now I can't trust him because is he just gonna, just because you're in this sort of ambiguous, you know, do whatever you want relationship. That means that you can sort of cross lines where, you know, there are definite boundaries. But I feel that that just sounds like he's in a relationship with himself. There's no one else who's really, if there's emotional abuse, He's manipulating people into getting into this relationship that he's defining as polyamorous, but I'm sure they had no flexibility to do anything. It's well, not... they did. Did they? Well, yeah. And he was okay with it. Well, I don't know the intricacies. Like, I don't know if there was some rule about, like, I don't want to hear about it or, you know, I don't know. But they well, were at least, at least one was allowed to stray. Whatever it is, you're also not just allowed to outstretch your tentacles to other people who aren't involved yes that's what i mean so this is just a creep is what it is this guy he's a little bit of a creep and is the situation you were talking about a monogamous relationship that isn't doing so well and then someone says let's open it up to an open relationship status Mm -hmm. 
I would have to assume quite often one person is not on board with that. Or if they are, they feel like they need to be for whatever reason to save this relationship or they owe it to the person. Or Right. I, I want to give him what he needs. Yeah. So that, and if that's where you're coming from, you know, it makes sense why you view yeah. it this way. I think being here in any big city, but in New York, and I'm not around it. I don't see it quite often, but mm-hmm. I know there are plenty of clubs, groups, things set up specifically for this. And people are entering it together. So everyone there knows that they're all at least looking for something similar. Okay. And then starting from that base, I do think something could be built. As you get older, even if there isn't a kid involved, yeah, I wonder se- how long it lasts. This seems like a young person's game. Well, the energy that needs to go into it and the, the responsibility that you have in your life is less at that point. And I'm not saying you can't make it work if you're right. older. If you if it's really something you're into, a lifestyle, then sure, you'll find a way to do it. But, you know, that's seemingly where it stands right now at the higher success rate. But it's not it's like do uh, e-cigs give people cancer? <laughs> we don't know yet. I mean, do cell phones give in? Eh, we don't know yet. Yeah. And so while right now it seems to be working quite well for many people, I'd be interested to see over the long term. But again, does monogamy work for most people over the long term? Divorce rates are very high. Right. Um, and I think some people, you know, when people look at an old couple and they call... Look at them. And sometimes, yes, they still are absolutely in love. And But I think a lot of times it was just we just didn't get divorced and we stayed together. And then there's a bond that forms because they look back at their lives and how miserable it was. And it's like surviving a war together. It's like, look at all that shit we survived together. And then that becomes their bonding point. And then they sit there and they hold hands in public and people love it. Yeah, it's they like, think, oh, they've loved each other every day of, of their lives. <laughs> But even outside of that, because realistically, yes, there's times you dislike the person you are with and it can still be a very good relationship. But I think there's a lot of people who just stuck with it because it's what they were supposed to do. Yeah. But so the the rates of all of this, I think, are right. One one could argue the other and we'd end up in the same place because probably the kernel of it needs to be that we as people need to be better at telling people what we need and hearing that other person when they say what they need. And if they say you're not giving me, that's not taking offense to it and becoming defensive and feeling bad about yourself. Unless the person presents it that way, then they're a jerk. Right. If they want to make you feel bad for that, then, you know, that's a real thing that happens that people do too. But look, I think I'm got all these tools, all the tools I need, and I still have trouble making it work. Yeah. There's a lot of things at play that go into it. And I think, you know, a big thing with me is I just date anxious people because I really like anxious people. I can I can relate to anxious people. Mm-hmm. And there's a self-serving part of it for me too because I can be understanding with an anxious person. And It I gives go, you a job to do? It's not even a job like Instead I want Instead of f- being just you? Yeah, it's like I don't want to fix them. I've never been in the business of fixing anyone, but I can be patient and understanding, and that fulfills, mm. that serves my ego a bit. And right. it's it's not just that. Like I do also understand what they're going through. It's not just a right, but you get thing. to be the person who understands. Yeah, that's not. That's a. I think that's a side thing. that was never set out to serve no. that when I but. You know, ultimately what it comes down to is I have all these tools, but I also then there's certain parts of a dynamic with an anxious person that just aren't working for me. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I'm bringing this up in this show is even having all this knowledge and thinking that I'm able to discuss things openly and work through problems and realistic about things that happen in relationships and not saying, oh, well, this thing didn't happen. So this relationship is no good because society says if this kind of thing happens, then the relationship, we should never even show this vulnerability to anyone else because they're going to judge us. A movie say that it's supposed to be this way. And (laughs) I can look through all that bullshit and really approach a relationship realistically. It's still difficult. It's still hard. So what, before we wrap up, I want to give people what they want to hear, which is I want to talk about sex 
in a polyamory relationship where there's the main planet and then the two satellite planets and they all merge together in a black hole of sex. Okay. <laughs> because a cosmic collision of sorts. A, a cosmic yes, an absorption. <laughs> okay. <it's> a... <laughs> so I I think almost like how um math and everything falls apart in a black hole, right? Everything all the concepts of things that we understand as true sort of fall apart in a black hole. It probably does the same thing in sex because a polyamorous relationship can have all kinds of rules when it comes to the bedroom. And then when you're in the middle of it, whoops, I'm doing that thing because we're into it and you want it. And I like you and I want to please you. And you know what I mean? I bet, I bet that there are a lot of boundaries and things talked about before sex happens in a polyamorous relationship. And then it kind of, the, the lines are blurred. Yeah. And then it's not going to last too long. I don't think at that point. That relationship probably won't continue on if the lines are blurred and they had ground rules in place and someone just decided to skirt all those rules and it made someone else feel bad about it. It's not going to continue. And it would be so difficult because it's like I'm picturing a man and two women. Oh, I'm picturing it. Always. (laughs) Um, if, If one person is finished, right, if one person has had their little orgasm, I mean, how much are they going to do? Are they going to keep like humping away and doing other things? Or are they going to be like, all right, well. Well, who had the, who had the little orgasm, the little big bang? One of the, one of the moons, one of the satellites. She's done, right? So the guy is the main one. Yeah. He's the planet. He's the black hole. Let's call him the black hole. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He's still getting it on with one of the satellites while the other satellite is finished and are is that person just like hanging out and doing some sexy things even though it's like I don't feel so sexy anymore I'm kind of done you know what I mean like you want to relax now you want to go make yourself a sandwich maybe they can if I were in a relationship like that I would like to be the person it's like alright now you continue to do your thing I'm not invested in this emotionally I'm going to go leave? Get, I'm going to get some food now you finish up ideally why, why doesn't he ever finish with me well, these questions would arise with you if you were in that situation. Yeah, I would. I'm not. I don't feel like a jealous person, but I feel it's probably where my biggest insecurities would be. Those would be brought out in a polyamorous relationship for me. You would have sex, feelings. No of- sex, whatever. I'd be like, why is he doing that with that person and not with me? So it's really insecurities that would then manifest into jealousy. I guess so. Yeah. Well, what is jealousy? Probably just insecurities. Yeah. I'm thinking of you being jealous, though. Yeah. Which is hard for me to picture. I mean, you know yourself. I believe you. I'm not going to argue. No, actually, I will. Let me tell you, Autumn. You're not a jealous person. I know you better than you know yourself. (laughs) I'll tell you how you feel. I don't like to think of myself as a jealous person. I don't think that... I don't think that I... I would call it more, it, it, it highlights an insecurity, insecurities for me more than I'm jealous because jealousy is probably just like a big umbrella term for your insecurities. Right. And I don't feel like I'm, I I wouldn't take it um, to a, like, well, you know, Travis is texting someone and who is she? And like, I need to look at his phone. Like that's weird, jealous stuff. I'm not that at all. I don't care what he's doing <laughs> as long as, yeah, I, I think that if he was really into somebody else and then started telling me about that other person and then started like having a kind of relationship with them, then I think I would start to be like, what's that person? How is that person different from me? Oh, I can see what, oh, okay. Yeah. She looks like this or she acts like this and that's really cool. And I get it. I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not like that. And I think that's all valid. That's not a negative thing to say about yourself. You know that about yourself, so this wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't work. That's a good place to leave it. Okay. And it wouldn't work with me. All right. Then, all right, we won't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. If anybody listening really is in a polyamorous relationship or ever has been, I would love to hear your story. Yeah, I'm sure we sounded like fools, but I tried to navigate it as best I could without passing judgment on it. Yeah. Well... A little judgment. That's fine. Well, there's a little judgment everywhere. That's okay. Because I judge monogamous relationships. That's true. I try to be fair with my judgment. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please go to our Hot Sauce Sponsors page, hoffandpepper.com. You can get 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. They have really great hot sauce. Please go check them out. And uh, you can like and subscribe us everywhere. Oh, we're on Google Play. A friend of mine who uh, uh, said that he uses Google Play, he couldn't find us. And so I got us on Google Play. Thank you, Autumn. You're welcome. You care so, about yeah, the we're, show. We're on all the places. Uh, go rate and review us because we like to look at those things. And um, you can find me online at Autoprits, P-R-I-T-T-S. That's it. Greg, you got anything? No, I don't have anything. So thanks for listening. <laughs>